open today with, uh, with God's word. If you wouldn't mind, I know we sit and stand a lot, but why don't we stand in respect for the scriptures? This is, um, this is the word of the Lord through the Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter three. It says this, and it's speaking this to you and also over you as a reminder. It says this, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. I don't know where you're at today. Just wanna say that one more time. Here we go. Make allowance for <laughs> each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. There is no limit. There is no compartment. There is no, if you're on this side of the line or the aisle, like just forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. For as members of one body, you were called to live and always thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him, God, Father. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. All right, grab a seat. Great to see you. How are you feeling? Everyone good? Awesome. Just a couple quick things to celebrate. One of our own had a very special birthday. We've had a couple birthdays, but our very own Chris Carlson had a birthday. Um, this was yesterday. How does how the 40s feel? You feel good in the 40s? Yeah, you're good, yeah. You're good, life is good, yeah. Um, the other quick thing I wanted to celebrate was one of our own finished up high school this past week, our very own uh, Tristan. Where are you at, Tristan? He's around here somewhere, but Tristan, you're waking up. I love you up there. Congratulations for, for finishing up. You got your diploma, we're proud of you. And this is a huge win, so if you see him, make sure you give him a big high five after service, okay? All right, let's get into it. Um, as I was focusing on uh, this past week about kind of what I wanted to present to you, I just wanted to start by saying that I, sorry, Chris, but I, I don't actually really love birthdays. Uh, I mean, I, I love celebrating other people's birthdays. Uh, last week, my boy turned eight, crazy. And on Friday, my little girl turned six years old. You should have seen her. She was so proud running around the house. She was like, I'm six now. You don't have to treat me like that anymore, dad. I'm like, okay, getting used to it here. Yeah, but when it comes to me personally, I, I just don't really like the fuss of birthdays. And this was especially evident this last week when Rebecca and I, we were hanging out with some friends, old friends, and I actually kind of forgot how old I was for a minute. And, and it happened because we were trying to figure out what we did for my birthday over the past few years. And I'm gonna be real, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't really remember since Moving here, uh, coming out of 38 at 39, 40 into 41 had just been a bit of a blur. It feels like, you know, even on the days I should be enjoying the good life the most, I, I just kind of sped through them, barely stopping to enjoy and celebrate. And more than anything, just really more, I just lacked thankfulness for another year. And I don't know, uh, you know, over the past few weeks, I have been highlighting some of my own inability to slow down and rest. And I'm not trying to throw myself under the bus, and I'm not like using this as a personal counseling session between me and you. I'm just trying to say, for most of my adult life, even like in incredible epic moments, 
The only real memory I have of them is because I took a photo on my phone. Because my brain in those moments was already on to what's next. At my wedding, my pastor at the time even said to me, and I'll never forget it, he says, David, he said, this is gonna go really fast. This is gonna go really fast. Do everything you can to remember. To be present in this moment, what happened. He was right. From the grand march, Rebecca coming down the aisle to our vows, to communion, and a kiss, to pronouncement. It was just over in a blink. And then we were off to Savannah, Georgia for our honeymoon, and then we went back to her hometown for a second reception before heading back to Minneapolis to start our life, and it was just like one thing led to the another, which led to the From be, being newlyweds to moving to the church planting to becoming parents of not one but two incredible kids, to eventually moving here and forgetting how old I was <laughs> last week. Life has just flown by. It's flown by as it does. And um, You know, I love the quote from the great 20th century philosopher Ferris Bueller. He speaks to this in his commentary on the modern life. Throw it up on the screen, Tracy. He says, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. And listen, you can clear that, thank you. I don't wanna speak this over you and I don't wanna assume this about you, uh, but over the past few months, I was just waking up to realize that there's so much in my life that I don't remember beyond shared stories, photographs, and that memories feature on Facebook, you know, that kind of brings you back around. And I don't, I don't remember because, at least for me, I wasn't always intentional enough in the moment to stop and look around once in a while. I was too busy to slow down, so like Ferris, warned. I missed it. I missed it. Has anyone else ever felt like you missed it? Some of you might be like, man, where did the light It really is remarkable. If you're listening, I just need you to focus on this for a second. It's, it really is remarkable how careless we can be with the only resource in our lives we can never get more of. Time. We take such precaution to protect and ensure our possessions, houses, our investments, hold close our money and our stuff and our things, and yet so often we give no mind to the minutes, the hours, the days silently ticking away, lost to the hustle of busyness, lost to the hustle of achievement, apathy, distraction, Netflix, or just a lack of intention. And I think this is why, for me, I, I just don't always like birthdays because they are a constant reminder of, of all the things I missed because I was too preoccupied with what I thought I was missing. All the moments that I just cruised past instead of stopping to just take a look around. All the times I settled for that, that classic line, I'm good, busy. All the times I settled for good but busy instead of settling into a moment, a good moment with God and others. But friends, if this is getting heavy, I just want you to know that we've got some good news today. We have some incredible news for anyone in this house today because Jesus is inviting, independent of all that has come. Jesus is inviting us into a better way of living. Not just for later, not to earn our place into heaven, but rather to live like heaven is already here in us. Jesus is inviting us into a better way of seeing the world, a rule of life, a better way of evaluating success, 
prioritizing our time. This is one of the big things that I've been wrestling with over the past couple weeks is just simply like, what, what is enough enough for me? What will success be for me? And when will I reach it? How will I know? Jesus is inviting us into a new way of seeing success and prioritizing our life. He's inviting us to follow him into the best life can be, a life of remembering. A life of remembering. We find this invitation, we've, we've gone through this a number of times over the past month, but we see it in Matthew 11. It's this epic moment where Jesus, he calls out to a world that is broken and lost, and depressed and anxious, and worried, and he calls out to them and he says, in Matthew 11, verse 28, he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is there. The burden I give you is light. And, and this is it right here. From, with every day forward, from here to heaven, Jesus wants you to live the good life, the best life can get. Jesus wants to show you how to make the most of your minutes your moments, your days and years by stepping into his way of life, his lifestyle of rest. A rest that echoes the peace-filled culture of heaven and yet is simply found in our being present in God's presence. And this concept of rest, as we've learned over the past month, is really, um, it actually carries with it two complementary definitions. These definitions which lead to practices that God wants us to embrace. And so when Jesus is saying, come to me, take my lifestyle upon you, let me show you, this is what he wants you to do, and this is what he wants to teach you. And the first definition comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. It'll be on the screen. Shabbat, which literally means to stop or cease. Remember, rest, two definitions. The first, Shabbat. Stop it. Slow down. Take a moment to rest. This is where we get the biblical practice of Sabbath. It's the stopping of work for one day. And this Shabbat, it finds its origins in the creation story. When the all-powerful God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who named himself Yahweh, who has no lack and needs nothing, when this God chose to work for six and then took a day off. God chose, the God of the universe, friends, who did not need rest, chose to take a day off to model what the best life can be. But in this stopping, God didn't just sit around. He didn't start doing all the other stuff he didn't have time to do when he was working. He didn't, he didn't choose to stop and waste time, but rather he stopped, looked back, and all he did, called it good. And he existed to be present with his creation. And this is where our second definition comes in, that we have to settle in here, the word nuach, which literally means to be settled. Nuach is the second half of rest, two sides of the same coin. It's what you choose to do or cho what you choose not to do after you stop. And if you ask me, the second definition of rest is a whole lot more complicated because while stopping can be difficult, no doubt, I think some of you have already felt that. You're like, don't tell me what to do. I've got a high capacity, David. I've got stuff to do. I know. Stopping can be difficult, but more than anything, it really is just a matter of decision. It's setting an alarm on your phone a discipline. It's saying, I will take this time to not work. Shabbat is a decision to schedule your stop, but making the most of your stopping and really being present, like we talked about a moment ago, being present in moments with God and others and not just zooming through life from one birthday to the next to the next, that can be a whole lot more challenging, right? 
And that's because new walk is not a discipline, it's a devotion. New walk is not so much discipline but devotion. It's a matter of the heart, and you have to want it. You have to want it to settle into it. Anyone can interrupt your life. Anyone can interrupt your life and force you to stop, but no one can make you rest. No one can make you be present if you don't want to. This is a choice you have to make to follow Jesus into the good life. You can believe in Jesus and not follow him. You can trust Jesus for eternity and not do what he said today. It is a choice you have to make to follow him. He is calling you. He is extending this invitation now. It's up to you to take a step. So what does this look like? Well, last week we talked about some of these first steps into the good life of rest with Jesus and what we need to do to move past all the distractions, urgencies, the options, the unknowns, always begging for our attention. We found it in Philippians chapter four. It's not gonna be on the screen, but essentially in it, Paul was writing from prison, of all places, and he said, don't worry about anything. Instead, step one, this will be on the screen, Tracy, you got me? He said, pray about everything. Don't worry, pray about everything. Bring God into your everyday life without limits and without compartments. That's first. Then second, he says, you need to fix your thoughts on what is good, on what is holy, on what is true and excellent and worthy of praise. And then finally, he says in step three, he says, you need to just put it all into practice. You can believe in all of this stuff theoretically and never do it, but if you want to find rest, you've got to put these things into practice and do the thing that God is calling you to do. And This is how, he said, this is how we can start to experience this settling, the rest that we were made for. Bring God into your life, open your eyes to the realities of heaven, and then allow what you see to influence your actions. This was last week, if you missed it, catch up. We got a podcast, we got a live stream. Because for today, I, I wanna add just one more step. We're only talking about one thing today. One more step into this list. As we pray about everything, as we fix our thoughts and put into practice, we must also always be Always be thankful. Can you just say that with me real quick? Always be thankful. One more time. Always be thankful. This is the final step that we'll be talking about, and it's actually found in our opening scripture. I hope that you notice that from Colossians chapter three. And so I just wanna read the opening section of that again, just to prime your heart and minds, just in reminding you that this is the word of the Lord that he has for you. So this is Colossians three, uh, starting in verse 12 through 15, which is just the first section. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who wrongs you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which brings, binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace, the peace that comes from Christ, for as members of one body, you were called to live in peace. And here it is right here. Always be thankful. Always be thankful. So what did we see? And why does this matter? Explain. First, some context. God chose you, and he called you to be holy. He called you to live different than the world. The word, the word holy simply means set apart. To live set apart from the rest of society. He called you, he saved you, raised you to new life, and he now he's calling you to live different. Paul describes this clothing yourself or covering yourself 
with the lifestyle of Jesus. In Romans 13, he expands on this and he says, for God's people, you are to clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're to live like him and love like him and do what he did like he did with mercy and kindness and humility and patience. We are to, to, make, to make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Why? Why would we ever want to, why would we want to live that way when the rest of the world is looking for retribution? Why should we forgive? Well, it's because the Lord forgave you. He did it. So you do it. This is life in the family of God. It's a whole new way of seeing the world, a whole new way of living as peace reigns supreme in the hearts of all who believe. And because of this change in you and in me, because of this shift in identity, God has given you and placed in you a supernatural ability and expectation, thankfulness, for gratitude. We were made and remade to be thankful, to not only just fix our eyes and fix our thoughts on what is good, but also to thank God for what we see. First Thessalonians chapter five, it'll be on the screen, it says it like this. It says, always be joyful, never stop praying. Sounds familiar. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for, those, for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances. Always be thankful. And I know that might sound a little naive, a little simplistic, maybe a little impossible in our world today, but I just need you to understand, this is the secret. This is the silver bullet and the giant leap we must take to reach the good life of rest that God has for us. It's all about being thankful. It's all about living a life of gratitude. Did you know that there are more than 200 examples in the scriptures where God instructs us to be thankful? Isn't that amazing? There are more, more than 200 times in scripture where he tells us to live lives of gratitude and thanksgiving. I just wanna read a couple for you. Got it from here, from Psalm 103. Here we go, it says, shout, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that he, the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues all generations. Here's Psalm 103. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise, I will thank him, his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget, there it is, it's my problem. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love, tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. Friends, I need you to hear this. More than any other prohibition we see in the scriptures. Oftentimes people come to church, they're like, oh man, I'm just gonna be told what not to do. You know, I just don't, don't tell me what to do, whatever. But listen, more than any prohibition, more than any thou shalt not we see in the Bible is God's desire that we would be thankful, that we would be grateful, that we'd be a people of worship and praise and thanksgiving, that we would fix our thoughts on what is worthy of praise. This is Philippians 4. And then actually praise God in reply. That it wouldn't just stay up here, but it would make its way out of our mouth and our heart. And this is the giant leap that we must take to get into this good life of rest. Always be thankful. We must always be thankful, but why? Why does God care about our gratitude? Good question, two big reasons. The first is because he's good. 
and he's worthy of being praised and thanked. God has done everything for us. He's done everything for you. He created you. He loved you. He saved you. He provided for you. He called you friend. He called you family. He called you son or daughter. Y'all, if my kid Ford says, thank you, dad, after I make him a frozen waffle for breakfast, how much more should our good father in heaven who reigns supreme over all creation and yet knows us by name, how much more is he certainly deserving of our thanksgiving? And so that's first. God cares about our thanksgiving because he deserves it. Second, God wants us to be people of gratitude and praise and worship and thanks uh, because thankfulness is a gateway into his presence, into his rest. When we are thankful, it forces us to remember and be present in moments with God and others. And this presence is ultimately what Jesus is calling us into, right? Presence is the end game for why God says, stop, settle, why he says, follow me. It's all about presence because he loves us and wants to experience the good life together. Just like the garden, Pastor Manny was talking about this in creation, like just like the garden when, where God worked and called it good and then dwelled with his people, that's the good life that God wants us to experience this side of heaven for, for you and for me and for all who believe. But we'll never get there, or maybe we'll never stay there if we don't first choose to be thankful. If we don't choose to fix our thoughts on him, his love, on his tender-hearted mercy and kindness, on the beauty of his creation, on the power of his affection, if we don't choose to remember his goodness and then allow his goodness to inspire us into a heart of thanksgiving, we will never find rest. And we will never be able to settle into a life of rest that God has for us. And listen, I, I, I really think this last step of thankfulness is without a doubt the most powerful, but also the most neglected because as a culture at large, we have moved miles away from gratitude really into a position of entitlement. Everything in our world today says you deserve it. You deserve it. Everything in our world tells you you deserve it. You deserve to have not only what you need, but also what you want. You deserve it. Whoever you are, be whoever you are, chase your dreams, take what's yours. You deserve it. This is the culture of our world today. The shift into a lie of entitlement has literally emptied the world of gratitude. Because why would you want to be grateful for something that you think you deserve anyway? And I get that it's enticing to think about that we are the center of our story, that it's all about us and what we want. I mean, that sounds good. Just imagine if everything was about us, kind of how we think anyway. Just imagine if everything could, if we could just have whatever we want, whenever we want. Friends, where, where has this lie actually got us? Remember back to week one, it's, it's led us, this lie has led us into stressed, hurried, busy, overextended lives where we forget our birthday, where one thing leads to the next, which leads to the next. Never stop, never settle. From work to pleasure to stuff to success, all at the expense. You know, the only reason we can never get. 
Friends, you can acquire, you can acquire the world, but you can never gain time. Still, what happens when we when we take this step then, this final step of thankfulness towards our We know that the lie of entitlement leads us to hurry, stressed out, busy lives of forgetfulness. What happens when we take that final step of thankfulness? Okay, God somehow, in all of his goodness and wisdom, as we choose to be thankful, he somehow multiplies our moments. And they last far beyond the time that they existed in. In our gratitude, we are able to see and experience life in a whole new way because we're actually present to remember what's happening. Thankfulness slows us down so we can actually settle in to rest. And what's totally wild is that this isn't just some biblical or philosophical concept. It's actually being studied throughout the science, uh, throughout science because of the epidemic of anxiety and depression and stress-related problems in the world. So scientists are saying, well, what can we do about it? We have everything we need and we're more depressed than ever. We have everything we need and then some. Our life expectancy is longer than it ever has been in human history and yet we're depressed, we're hurried, we're anxious, we're overly medicated. What can we do about this? And so they started to study. What is going on? We have the good life, but we still want more. And so they, they had this study recently at the University of California, Davis, and also the University of Miami um, that have shown that, that there are areas of our brains whose primary functions are to regulate emotion, Memory, because it is memory, and bodily function, and they become activated through feelings of gratitude. Isn't this interesting? And I quote from the study. It says, additionally, gratitude can lower your blood pressure. It can facilitate more efficient sleep and improve immune function in the body. Gratitude, thankfulness, can also minimize and mitigate other symptoms associated with anxiety. Let me just go on here. According to a study published in the National Center of Biotechnology Information in the United States, gratitude helps to manage sleep disorders, including insomnia. Gratitude helps reduce stress hormones in the body. According to research presented by UC Davis Health, gratitude is related to 23% lower levels of cortisol, which is the hormone that creates stress in the body. Gratitude, thankfulness, block toxic emotions, such as resentment, envy, depression, and regret. And one thing that they mentioned in this study was that the brain is wired in such a way so that when you exist in thankfulness and you exist in gratitude, it's almost impossible for stress and anxiety to coexist with gratitude. Isn't this interesting? It's so interesting. Thankfulness combats all the enemies of rest we might have. It heals our hearts, literally heals our minds and bodies. Gratitude and thankfulness. Why? Because God designed you this way. This is the good life that he has been inviting you into. God designed your body and your brain for gratitude. He made you, Colossians 3 says, to always be thankful in every circumstance because it's there that we can finally settle into this life that, that God intended for us. Man, God is good, amen? And he's calling you into it. This isn't like, hey, you know, you gotta, you gotta be a certain goodness to be able to get that ticket to ride on the good life. No, God is calling the broken and the weary and the busy and the hurried and the stressed out. And he is saying, let me show you the way. Let me show you the way. He's calling you and me even now. So how can we take this final step? This giant leap for mankind.
towards things. Let me make this real practical. You know, and perhaps for you, maybe for you, none of this is relevant. Like, hey, finally, someone else is going to be chill like me. I get that. That sounds great. So let me just make this practical. And, and, and maybe you have your own way of making this work. But if you need a starting point or you just want to do it together as a community, that's what I like. Here it is. I, I put together your third and final order sheet for the month of January. You might need to get a binder to hold all of these things. If everyone wants to grab one around you, that would be great. Giving you so much paper. I'll apologize to the trees later. Um, on it, you'll see what I gave you last week under the heading Remember. Uh, and, I, and I gave this to you to help fix your thoughts on what is good so you can call it good. Well, this week, the practice on the other side is simply to thank God for what you've seen, for how you answer those questions. And I want to encourage you to do this every single day. Take a picture of it. Put it on your background on your phone, your computer. Tape the card up in your bathroom or put it under your pillow or whatever. I actually, Tracy, you want to see where I put it this morning? We got a fish for River for um, her birthday. And so I just put this little thank you card right in front so as I'm walking out the door, I can remember to thank you. And so I just encourage you to, to do this. Take it, use it. Daily, fix your thoughts and then thank God for what you remember. Schedule this practice into your life. It can't force you to be present. It can't force you to settle into God's presence, but it can put you in a daily position to decide, to decide the life you really want. And I tell you what, in my own house, just a testimony. This is something we've been practicing as a family for the past week, maybe two, uh, with family and friends, and it's already made a significant difference in my own ability to be present with God in it. At the dinner table, we would go through these questions past week. Um, we'd be like, Ford, River, come on, let's, let's eat. And then I would ask him this question. I'd say, hey, Ford, what, what made you smile today? He would be like, oh, you know, we were out playing on the reset. You know, we played playground at reset. Just close your eyes and picture that again. Say, thank you, God, for what made me smile. I asked River, I was like, what's something beautiful you saw today? And she's like, mama or flowers or something cool like that. And I'm like, I echo that sentiment, River. And I said, just close your eyes and picture what you saw that was beautiful. And we did it all week. We even did it on, a, um, on our way to a friend's house for dinner on Thursday when a 40-minute drive turned into an hour 40 here in L.A., right? Gotta love it. But even then, Rebecca and I went through these questions, and you know what? Nothing was wasted along the no minute or moment was wasted. We talked about the good things. We talked about the kind of life we wanted for us and for our family in the coming season. Because friends, if you don't decide the life you want, someone else will decide for you. So fix your thoughts, think about the good things. Then, if you wanna make the most of your days, turn it back to God in praise. Turn it back to God, always be thankful. You know, in the car when we got to uh, my friend's place, it was in, what's that place called, what's the city? Buena Park. Goodness, you know, like when you're in Wisconsin, driving 40 minutes takes like 38, or driving 40 miles takes 38 minutes, right? Like this is a, I'm still getting used to it. Anyway, so I'm getting there, and we pulled in, it's raining, and Becca got out, and I had to run back in and check something, and I was just like, I was sitting there for a second, I said, God, thank you for these moments. Thank you for the time I had with Rebecca. It wasn't ideal, but you made it good. Thank you for the beauty of our city that we just saw. The mountains, you didn't have to make it this way, but you did, and I praise you for it. 
Thank you for the car that we have that got us safely. Thank you for friends that love us. Thank you for good wine and better food. Thank you for another day. And this is just the practice. It's simple. It's simple, but, but if you choose to do it, I promise you, I promise you in a week or two, the more you replace frustration, the more you replace worry and anxiety and fear, all these other things, when you, when you turn it back to God in praise, the more you do this, the more your ability to remember and be present will grow exponentially as you strip back the stress and settle into rest. I promise you, and if it doesn't, I'll give you your money back. And y'all, as I'm thinking about this practice, this is something that, you know, the, they talk about the Sabbath, and most people think like, oh, I gotta like, I gotta like chill out myself and like find rest for myself. Really, Sabbath is intended to be a communal activity. It's meant to be, it's something that you do together. And so I just encourage you Work through these practices of remembering and thanksgiving with one another. It'll change you as you see God leading all of us towards the same end. Before service, and we have like a little pre-service meeting, and we went around and we just said, hey, what, what have you seen this past week that you just want to thank God? We went around, and I tell you what, my faith is Because I see what God is doing in other lives, and it helps remind me what God could be doing. You know what I'm saying? So do this together. This is why it's so, also, this is why it's so important to be at church. Hey, there's the plug. Because this is what we do here. We remember, and we thank God together every single week in worship, right? The second half of our opening scripture from Colossians 3, it says, Paul says, let the message about Christ and all its fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms, this is what we're doing, and hymns and spiritual thongs, songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative, just giving thanks through him to God the Father. To be here, church is good for you. It's good for you, being together with fellow believers, remembering all that God has done and saying thank you, God, in reply. That's good for you. Literally, it'll heal your brain. It's good for you, the science proves, because it's one of the few places in your life committed to making you a more grateful person. It's one of the few places that you'll never hear, you deserve it. You will not hear that here. God is the only one who and he already deserves it all. And so be here. Be here with us. Put this into practice, all that you've heard and seen, and always be. One more time from Philippians 4. I think this will be just says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. How did I experience? What progress did I make? Tell God what you need. Thank Him. All here. Then you will experience God. Exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And this is His way. Matthew 11. As He says, Come, let me show you how to take my life. This is the way. This is the weight of Jesus to the best life can be. Let us always be thankful. So I just want to pray for you as we close. Then we're going to hit the road, but uh, I tell you what, I've already scheduled my stopping with a number of you, um, and I've got a couple more to put in. It's my goal, and you can hold me to this. It's my goal that I would eat with all of you, everyone in the church, that we would share a meal over the course of 2020. And I'm, I'm making, I'm chipping away, okay? <laughs> I'm chipping away.
but it's because I want to be able to take time to remember with you, to get to know you, to see what God is doing in your life, and then to thank God with you for all that he has done, all that he promises. So I just want to pray for you, and we're going to go. Thanks for listening. I'm grateful that you're here, and I'm grateful that this is a priority for you to be here. Um, so as we go, I just want to, I just want to pray that the heart of thankfulness would take root in your body, your heart and your mind, and that from here, we would all become more grateful people. Worry and hustle falls to the side. We experience rest together. So let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we're so grateful that you love us and you always lead to peace. We're so grateful, God, that you don't expect us to burn the candle at both ends, but God, rather, even in all of your power and all of your, your glory and your, your, your ultimate sovereignty over the world, you chose to show us the best way to live. And you said six days is enough. It's time to take a break, to look back and call it day. So God, as we kind of wrap up some of these conversations about rest right now, I ask that you would just continue to help us schedule our stopping so we can be present and settle into moments with you and rest. God, that you would put that priority on us, that, we would, that we'd stop making excuses for why we're so busy, that we'd stop making excuses for why we hustle and keep going after more and more stuff, and also, God, for why we aren't present in moments. God, there's just so many things that we distract us all the time that don't lead us to peace. It only leads us more stress, more tension. God, we ask that you would just make our, ourselves aware of that and God, as, as we follow you, as we commit to following you, remembering all that you've done, God, that we would just be, that we take on this presence of gratitude. We'd leave entitlement at the door. We'd start to see things through the lens. God, we want to give thanks to you today for everything that we've experienced. God, I thank you today for this community. I thank you for how they have made me smile during community time. God, I thank you for all the beauty I saw on the way here in my back seat with kids and also in the mountain. God, I thank you for, for how you've helped us and cared for us over this past, this past week. I, th I thank you for all the love that I was shown. God, I thank you for all the progress we're making here as a community and the growth that you're showing us. God, I thank you for all the ways that I felt most alive. God, we thank you. We just, we come before you today and we just say, Just say thank you. So God, we love you, and, and we're, we're a work in progress. But you're committed, and so are we. So Jesus, in this moment, I ask that you lay heavy on We begin to see this world with fresh eyes. We choose to take up our cross and follow. Live set apart for heaven. So Jesus, we love you, and we thank you. It's in your name that we said.